welcome to Mouse Chat. It's just Sharpie and Steve today. How you doing, Sharpie? I'm doing well. <laughs> Howdy, Steve. Hey, Sharpie. How's it going? It's doing our work. We got so much news, so much Disney news. And it's actually, I feel like uh, the change in the CEO is bringing new positive news little by little. I, yeah, I feel like there's a slow walk back of the intensity yeah. that the COVID reopening brought. And I think I think Disney is finally starting to listen and back off on some of the things that really, for lack of a better term, were stealing the magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm so I'm excited about some of these. They're still they're still going very slowly, but there was a bunch of Disney news that came out. So we're going to go through a bunch of Disney news, which is all pretty positive um, uh, on today's show. Lisa is at a travel leaders conference in uh, Nashville. So there's all kinds of cool stuff going on with uh, with travel. And uh, I think she's meeting with Royal Caribbean tonight and then, you know, all kinds of sessions and, and things like that. So we'll get an update from her when she gets back later in the week. It's a crazy, exciting time in the travel industry. I didn't even know they're at that Gaylord, uh, whatever hotel over used there. Used to be the Opryland. Oh, is that what it looks? If you remember, I, I, it looks massive. Well, I just looked at on uh, like Google Maps where she was, and I was. She's like, man, this is an amazing hotel, um, hotel convention center. So it looks beautiful. So I think they're. I, I, I watched a documentary a couple years ago on the rise and fall of the of the Opryland theme park and complex and all that mm. stuff. So it was pretty interesting. Oh, I'll have to watch. It sounds, I like that kind of stuff. That sounds cool. There's, there's also another one that's uh, closed for storm about the six flags, new Orleans. Oh, that place. Yeah. That place got destroyed. Yeah. That, that there's a really good documentary on that, on that one too. Oh, that's cool. So. All right. Very nerdy details, which it's rumored that there's, going to be a theme park coming back to new Orleans. So oh, interesting. We shall wait and see. All right. So the first thing positive news is that uh, Disney announced that they're going to remove the theme park reservations, but wait, it's for requirements are for date based tickets. So these are pretty much new tickets that you buy. You know, they have a, a date attached to them now. So this starts with park visits on January 9th of 2024. So theme park reservations will no longer be required for date-based tickets. So if you have an old ticket, you may still need a theme park reservation, uh, which they're calling the non-dated tickets. Uh, so yeah, and that's going to hopefully slowly wean us out of this reservation system. We will see. No one liked the I system. Hate, I hate the, re I, I understand why it went into place, but then I thought they would just get rid of it. But man, they are taking their time, but it's step by step. We're getting there. I mean, it true. It, it, here, here's the, the long and the short of it. Was it needed when they reopened following COVID? Yes, absolutely. It was needed. They did not have the staffing. They did not have the, the means to meet the needs of all the guests. Not all restaurants were open. Yeah. The need for social distancing was still in place. Uh, you, there were still the, the 
pavement markers for cues to stay six feet apart, all yep. of that stuff. So, so in order to reduce crowding, all of that was needed. However, for the last year and a half, yeah, it, it has only been used as a cost control mechanism for appropriate staffing and to make sure that, that all of the bean counters got all of the data they needed and, and to make sure they weren't losing anything unnecessarily in their operations. Unfortunately, in the theme park business, operating losses on a day-to-day basis based on crowd levels is going to happen. I've been seeing more and more. I've seen it with three different either local or regional theme parks since reopening for the, for the summer 23 season. Any sign of rain and they close the park. Wow. And and that's because, you know, some attractions can be open on a rainy day. Some attractions can be closed. But I, I've seen more and more local or regional theme parks closing at the very site of rain. And, and Disney wanted to have that level of cost control yeah. within their business to be able to forecast crowd levels and all that stuff. However, that that's that it just didn't work. It, it, it was not done in a way that made sense. If you were an on-site guest, you should be able to go to any park you want to. Disney knows you're there. You can be your presence on the resort grounds can be part of their equation. I can see still having it for off-site guests. However, I digress. I know. I'm glad it's coming to an end. I know. And you got a little positive news for annual pass holders with the same type of thing. And they're, they have now introduced the concept of good to go days. You're going to be good to go. It sounds exactly <laughs> as it is. So in 2024, there will be select days that annual pass holders can visit Walt Disney World theme parks without needing a park reservation, which is a little confusing to me because just in the previous announcement, they're removing park reservations, but it sounds like not for annual pass only, only not for annual pass holders. Yes. Yeah. Just if it's a, just if it's a, uh, quote unquote, good to go day, uh, or the original thing, right. That they had before. Correct. Pass holders can still visit the theme parks after 2 PM without needing a park reservation, except on Saturdays and Sundays at magic kingdom. Uh, but good to go days are going to be varied by by from park to park, um, and there may be blockout dates and capacity limitations. So, in essence, for the bulk of guests, theme park reservations are going away on January 9th, twenty twenty four. Yeah, and annual pass holders still be in place. Yeah, the so. system will still be there. Yeah. But the number of people who need to use it will be limited. And I guess they figure annual pass holders are Disney fans that understand how things work and they will keep track of, okay, I can go after two, but I can't go to the Magic Kingdom if it's on a weekend unless I have a reservation. And 
I can use one of these go-to days, but that's park specific. So I got to keep up and see if when they, when they release those. So I know, you know, so annual pass holders are Disney fans. So they'll keep up with all that, but the, the, the standard person just wants to buy a ticket. Well, and of course the annual pass holder does too, but they just want to buy a ticket and go. <laughs> yep. So, all right. Oh my gosh. Sharpie. It's finally back. Finally back. Disney dining plan. Oh my, it's been so long. So, so I'm, I'm sure people are going to be excited about Disney dining plan. So this is where you can pre-purchase your meals, uh, as part of a Disney package. Uh, so again, this is another January 9th, 2024, but you can book it. You can start booking these with your pixie vacation, uh, pixie agent starting on May 31st. So on May 31st, you can book the Disney dining plans, uh, for basically 2024, uh, vacation packages to Disney world. So there's a few changes that we know about. Uh, so there's only two dining plans so far that have been announced. So they didn't bring back the deluxe one, which was like, like uh, all the luxury sit down dining over and over. Well, that's the, yeah. So the interesting, interesting the, uh, p- point on that. Mm-hmm. There used to be, because the, there had traditionally been at least three dining plans. You had yep. your deluxe dining plan, you had the Disney dining plan, and you had the quick service dining plan. But a lot of folks forget about what used to be in existence. And do you remember, do you remember uh, what, what the next tier up was? Oh, there was some crazy thing. Wasn't there some crazy thing that included like, like everything? It was... I forget what it was. Disney Platinum Dining Plan. Wasn't there one? Is that the one that included like, uh, like activities? Yeah, like back behind the scenes, like tours and everything. Yeah, it it included everything. It was crazy. Yeah, Uh, and and it was. I mean, likewise, it was crazy expensive. Yes, yes, of course. However. It, it, I, I, I always, I, I had always wanted to, wanted to give it a shot. Well, I think we, at one point we tried to figure out like to get our money's worth, what would we have to book? Like you'd have to do all these backstage things and you'd have to eat all these yep. things. It was like, can you do it to make it work? And it would, man, that would have been a, a just running through the gauntlet of stuff to get through all that. What, what would have been the most interesting would have been to do it for two days. Yeah. Because that way you could do all of the back behind the scenes, tours, recreation, all that stuff. And really not even do the park so much. Mm -hmm. But yeah. All right. So they got, so right now they got the Disney quick service dining plan and the quote unquote Disney dining plan, or some people call it the standard Disney dining plan. Um, So both of those are coming back. So the standard dining plan if you don't remember, it gives you one table service meal per night, one quick service meal per night, a snack or a non-alcoholic drink uh, per night, uh, and uh, one resort refillable mug. It used to come with two snacks, so they got rid of a snack. Although I would have so many snacks, they would just be everywhere. <laughs> it's like I could never eat that many snacks. It was way too many snacks. And then at well, the end of it, you the, were trying to get rid of your snack. The best strategy for snacks. Yep. Oh, yeah, I know. Was mm-hmm. to do breakfast. Yep. 
was to use your, use at least a snack credit for breakfast. That was the best strategy. And you could use snacks for uh, Epcot for dining around the world at those pavilions. And then you could get a good deal on some of those. So you could get a good value on some of the snack credits. Yep, absolutely. So that's the, and then the quick service. Uh, let me see here where the quick service one was. Quick service is uh, you get two quick service meals per night, one snack or a non-alcoholic drink per night. And you also get the resort, uh, refillable resort drink mug. So, yeah. So if you want the Disney dining plan, again, it's available for trips at, where you're at Disney World January 9th, 2024 and going forward. And you can book it starting on May 31st uh, here at Pixie Vacations. So we can get that set up for you. So that'll be exciting. Disney dining's coming back. Cost has not been released yet. I know. I don't know the price. We don't know the updated price. So when we get it, we'll let you know. We've done it before where we're like, is this worth it? And we've gone and bought all this stuff. And then, so, and then it's also convenience and, and the, uh, it's nice to not pull out your wallet and look at the bill every time. <laughs> it's nice to put it all in one package. And, as long uh, as you had a plan to use it. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to figure it out. Which is you, a good thing. You, it, it was a great value as long as you had a plan yeah. to use it. And I remember one time I had guests who didn't want to make dining reservations, had done the dining plan, and literally ran themselves to death mm. finding available dining reservations day of. They're like, we wanna we wanna go and just we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go off the cuff. That is a nice thing when you had the plan. You're like, okay, okay I want to figure this out because you're kind of forced into that, and then it's all set, and you book it in advance, and we help book all those reservations for you, and then you plan you know, figure, it out. Yeah, make sure your credits are used. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, or else you end up with a if you don't plan it, it's a mess. Yeah. And you know which ones are two dining service credits and which places are one and how to make it all work out for the best value. And then, yeah, then you get your money's worth and you have a all set up and you're good to go. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's back. Finally, it's been years. But I think it was, again, staffing issues and Universal was having the same problem. They, you know, were selling dining things and then nobody could get reservations or it was taking hours to get uh, meals uh, cause they just had not enough staff. Uh, let's see here. Oh, all right. Another thing for onsort guests, Sharpie. Continuing after hours access, extended park time. Mm-hmm. While the current policy is not what magic, what extra magic hours used to be. Yes. And I and if you notice, they have failed to name a new brand mm-hmm. on this. They're just calling it extended park hours. So early theme park entry or extended evening hours uh, for on-site guests. Uh, it will be continued through 2024. Uh, so it does give guests kind of a jump start on their day or a little bit of extra hour, a little bit of extra time in the evening. Uh, they they have been far more 
uh, I don't want to say stingy because that has kind of a negative connotation to it, uh, but far more reserved in how they schedule extended park hours. You remember when oh, yeah. Magic Kingdom used to be open till like yeah, 2 a.m. I, I know, two or three in the morning. You yeah, were like, I mean, oh, it's extended. It was those like extended hours. It was like, was it two or three hours? I feel like it might have even been three hours extra in the evenings. It was crazy. So if you, if you could, if you could do it, you could go all night with the extended hours. And then they, uh, they made it 30 minutes, uh, early for park, uh, for resort guests at all four parks is what they did instead of just one a day. Like one was in the morning, one was in the night. Do you remember that limited time window? Probably around (laughs) 20, 2017, 2016, 2018, uh-huh. when there were even evening extra magic hours at Animal Kingdom. Oh, yeah. And they did the Sunset Safari. Oh, yeah. That was when that came out. Yeah. That was beautiful. Be- extra time in Pandora. Yeah. After it was nice. hours. Yep. Uh, Expedition Everest had extended nighttime riding hours. Yep. Well, they had the nighttime show. This. this this long forgotten nighttime show yeah. called Rivers of Light. Yeah, because that so that that brought them longer hours. So they had Rivers of Light, which was nighttime, and then Pandora is perfect at night because it looks amazing. So that so they added that in, and then you got to do then they added a couple things to the safari where they did nighttime safari. Um, it was cool. Yeah, they were trying to get that to be a longer hour park, um, without doing fireworks and things like that because of the animals. Yeah. Those were the days. I know it's, it's been a long time since I've seen it dark over there at animal kingdom. All right. Yeah. So, uh, and they have extended evening hours for uh, deluxe resort guests on select days and select parks. So they're going to continue that into 2024. All right. Oh, let's see here. Oh, so interesting. They're going to simplify the Genie Plus experience. So I don't know. They don't give you a lot of details, but they heard from their guest and, you know, they want to figure out ways to help them plan their Disney Plus service and individual lightning lane selections before the day of their visit. So they didn't have any, they say, they, and they actually say, we don't have any specific things to share yet, but we wanted to let you know we're working on it and things will be coming in 2024. So it'll give you the opportunity to spend less time planning in the park and more time enjoying your visit with friends and family. So, yeah, I mean, that's the big, the big thing that's awful about Genie Plus. Well, there's a, there's a few things. So the the one thing is, is you have to do it the day before and you have to get up super early and you have to buy it and you have to figure out if you're going to do it. And then you got to get your selections and you're just buried in the phone and it's not spontaneous. So it kind of takes that away. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. That's different. I don't know. Do you have any ideas on what you think they might try? Oh, Here's what I wish they would do. Mm -hmm. I wish they would let guests put all of the attractions they want Mm -hmm. into a queue or a cart. 
And when a certain date close to their trip opens up, they are assigned ride times. For as many of those that they can match. For as many of those as will fit capacity and will fit the guest schedule. Hmm. That way, you're not constantly on your phone. Yeah. The entire, like that was on, when we were there with the marching band in February. Yeah. That day in Hollywood Studios was like, we had a blast, had a great day. But that, that constant, what, yeah. what ride can we get next? What ride can we get next? Where, where are we headed next? Yeah. Where are we going from here? What, what can we do to fill this time between here? Like it was, I, I really, especially comparing our experience at Tokyo Disneyland. Yeah. Where anything you want has about a 30 minute wait. Okay. We can deal with that. That's yeah, it's fine. So much better. If you walk by it and the wait time is less than 30 minutes. Yeah. Ride it. Yep. Like that's the way I used to really enjoy doing. Oh, that was the a way. Disney vacation. Yeah. You walked around the theme park. You, you yeah. had that experience. Yeah. You got to see the magic. You got to see performers. You got to see bands. You got to see parades. Like it was yeah. truly uh, as you experienced it instead of that constant. What's next? What's next? Like I, that's not my style of Disney vacation. I, I agree. I mean, and it's, and, and we like to go as a group. So it's even more difficult because it used to be like you said, Oh, uh, pirates of Caribbean's 30 minute wait. Okay. Let's all go. And then we all let's hang on. Let's we, go. We go in the line. We're all talking. We're having fun. Now it's okay. Who has genie plus? Does everybody have genie plus? Okay. Does everybody have pirates of the Caribbean? Who doesn't have it? Okay. Now what are we going to do? Your time's 40 minutes after mine. So well, the four of you can't go with us. And then, so it's, it's, it just, it's a mess if you have a big group anyway. And, and then compare it to universal studios. So like universal studios in Florida, if you want, you get an express pass and you don't have to do any of that. You just go, you just get in the express lane and then you just go. And you just get it. If you stay at one of the, uh, the vat or the top resorts, the premium resorts at universal, it comes with your resort stay, uh, or you can purchase it separately if you're not. And then you don't have to worry about any of that. You're not going through that. You just get in the line, you show your ticket and you get in the express line. So it makes it a lot easier because you just go from thing to thing. You don't have to worry about what the wait time is. Can I get it or can I not get it? Right. Exactly. So I like that idea. Um, and then they just price it at whatever they price that whole thing at a hundred dollars or $150 or, or stay at one of their premier resorts and it comes with it. So anyway, so yeah, so changes coming to Genie plus could be interesting. They've always been kind of working through it to see what they can do. So I'm hopeful. Oh, and then Sharpie back from Japan recently. They got some Japan news for you. Go ahead, Steve. Oh, go ahead. I'll let you take it. I did Genie Plus. <laughs> and, and I don't and I don't want to butcher all the all the crazy words. <laughs> oh, Japan's oh, oh, story. Gotcha. Okay. I understand. So if you will remember. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was at one time a restaurant by the name of Tokyo dining in the Japan pavilion mm -hmm. 
at Epcot. It closed last November with a reopening schedule, summer 2023. Well, that time is upon us. It is coming up on summer 2023, and they have announced a new restaurant. It's not really a replacement for Tokyo Dining. It's kind of going in where Tokyo Dining had been. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shikisai Sushi Izakaya is a new table restaurant that will be offering a festive dining experience in a shareable izakaya style for you to create memories and good times through flavors. I had to look up what izakaya style was. So if you... So- if- yeah, so go, go ahead. ahead, tell us, Steve. So basically, share your, share, share so this your is what I know. <laughs> so this is what I know. So basically, it's like tapas. So it's like small plates that you can share with others. So that's basically Which, it. Exactly. That that that's that's kind of. Uh, uh, but, but you notice they they didn't or haven't done a nomi hodai. Or tabe hodai, which is an all-you-can-eat or all-you-can-drink option, which is common. Oh, nice! With izakaya dining. Mm-hmm. However, this I think this restaurant's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be something different. Uh, Tepan Ito is still there, uh, so I, th- I think there's. I think there's definitely room around World Showcase for this style of dining. It looks interesting. There's some amazing photos here. There's a, I want to say Funamori. I don't even know. It sounds fun. So it's uh, Sushimi and uh, Sushi. And it's on that boat. You know how they always had the big boat. Um, It's just arranged really nice for like a giant party. Lots of great, if you like sushi, definitely lots of great sushi uh, options. I always miss it because... I feel like I can get sushi other places, but I felt the same way about China over at Epcot. And then we ate there a couple of times. I was like, wow, this is really good and not outrageously priced. So I'll have to try the sushi one. So there will also be grilled items available. So it's not just a sushi bar. Mm -hmm. So there will also be Oka no sorry, Oka no Mikyaki. Sometimes I get my my uh, vowels transposed <laughs> when trying to pronounce Japanese, but Okonomiyaki, um, which is a savory style pancake. Yum. Uh, there are multiple styles of these. There is the Osaka style, and then there's a Hiroshima style, and then there's a more kind of melded Tokyo style. So I'm I'm very interested to see which one of these mm-hmm. is a more... Uh, it has a more aligned, um, but it's a Japanese savory pancake and it's made with a batter of flour, eggs, and water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's filled with shredded cabbage and bacon. And then it's topped with, uh, the, uh, a Okonomiyaki sauce, mayonnaise, enori, bonito flakes, and pickled ginger. So. All right. It's going to be interesting. It does sound interesting. There's a photo of it. It looks pretty good. And then there, there's also going to be a, a, a pretty safe uh, chicken style or chicken dish 
uh, a Karaje chicken. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting because right. I, I think this is something that is a big international food trend at the moment. Uh, I, I think sushi is kind of having a moment globally where it's becoming more common, more commonplace. It's more available. Uh, so I, I think, I think this is going to be. You like sushi? going to be a good addition. Like sushi Sharpie? I do not. You do I not? I had never tried Man. sushi. Went to Japan, uh-huh. tried sushi, and. That was it. Well, it doesn't get any better than that. So you were like. Yeah, and that was kind of my <laughs> thought was. You're like, it doesn't get any better than this, so I, I'm done. And it, like, <laughs> I liked the flavor. Uh-huh. But I couldn't handle the raw fish texture. Mm, true. It was a little, a little much for me. I don't know. So I do like sushi. I think I'm glad I tried it. Yeah. No one else. I think Amber has had some sushi in my family and liked it, but nobody else. I was going to say this. It definitely doesn't seem like something Lisa would be like, oh, let's go get sushi. No. So it's been a long time (laughs) since I've had sushi, but usually it's good for like a lunch thing. Right. And you get like a a little uh, sushi platter and a soup and a. I don't know, an egg roll or spring roll. And it's really, it's, you, you know, and it's just the standard yellowtail and tuna and maybe an eel or some standard stuff. Um, it's pretty good. And then it gets, then you can have all kinds of crazy stuff. That's also usually pretty good. So, all right, we'll have to try that. Well, I guess I'll have to try it eventually. You can try the Okinomiyaki. <laughs> the giant pancake. Yeah. The savory. Savory pancake. All right. So Shiki Asai Sushi Izakaya. And it's opening in 2024, I think. Oh, no, it's opening this coming summer. Oh, I missed It'll be that. open summer 2023. All right. So oh, it's almost it's almost here. Okay. Very cool. Yep. Uh, I guess that's it. Uh, oh, no, there are a couple other things, too. What? Uh they are eliminating a lot of resort booking categories. So oh, we, yeah, that's right. We I recently forgot. did a show where we kind of talked about how some resorts just have a dozen or more room types. Yeah. Um, but they are simplifying the deluxe resorts uh, to three categories in most cases. So I think there's probably still going to be a few little outliers there. Um But most resorts will only have resort view, Mm -hmm. water view, Mm -hmm. or theme park view. Mm. Uh, So they're making that adjustment to make uh, the check-in experience uh, and room assignment process a little more streamlined and efficient. Um, And I... So... I would say I'm fully behind this, but I know that a lot of less than optimal desirable room categories will be favored up instead of favored down. Exactly. Like an Animal Kingdom Lodge, there are some rooms that have a Savannah view, but really it's more of a fence view and you can see the Savannah beyond the fence. And that's, that's in my opinion, that's not a Savannah view. Yeah. That's the thing. I hope they take that into account when they're breaking up. Yeah, you don't want to pay. I worked room assignment. It was awful. It was not my favorite job at Grand Floridian. And um, it's like a giant puzzle. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and you're like, and people are like, well, why didn't I get, why don't I have a connecting room with my, because someone checked in a week before you and they booked all those rooms. And when you're checking in, the only rooms available are not together. So there's, you know, it's like a puzzle of trying to fit all these people. Like you're doing it like two weeks ahead of time and you're trying to figure out who's coming in and who's going out. And then a room gets flooded or goes down for maintenance and that screws, you know, it's a, so it's a never ending puzzle of, and then everybody has their request and you're trying to best fill them. Um, but yeah, but you used to have like garden view and fireworks view or theme park view and water view and a couple others woods view courtyard yeah. view, but, and they only had a few at the grand Floridian. So that was nice, but definitely you don't want to get something that's called a water view. And then you're like, Oh, if I go out my ba balcony and turn to the left, I can kind of lean see. left. And yeah. Fall off the because balcony. you're paying oh, look, there's water. Yeah. Because you're paying the same price as someone who has a nice, beautiful water view. So if they, simplify them they would definitely have to make a water view a full-on nice water view and then they you would, can see the water when you yeah, enter the room yeah. or else you approach the yeah. balcony and turn left or right yeah or else they're gonna have a lot of people that are upset so i i, I would assume that's what they're doing um so so these like you said the the rooms that fall on the fringe of uh savannah views and water views uh, would go down a category and then you'd be like pleasantly surprised. You're like, Oh, I can kind of see the water from here. And I only paid for a garden. So. Yeah. And then, cool. Yeah. And you got garden view that they're, they're like, that's yeah, just crazy. There were so many different view types. They're, they're all pool, pool. View. Oh yeah. They had pool view. Yeah. Quiet pool view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, that's good. All right. So we'll see how that, well, that pans out. So, yeah. So that starts in 2024. So, yeah, I so mean, you never know. You might luck out and a room that used to be a higher category could be included in just a resort view now. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could luck out at some of the ones that have water views at your deluxe resorts. And you could also at uh, Animal Kingdom and probably Wilderness Lodge. But your uh, value and moderate resorts. I don't know. It's not like I, I never understood the views at the values. I was like, it's like a motel. It's like, I'm never looking out the window. There's people walking by my window. Uh, yes. Especially if you're a first floor, you had a lot of people walking by your window. So I was never, it's more about location, I guess. All right. So yeah, lots of good news. All right. So uh, I guess that's going to wrap it up. We should have Lisa back next week. If you're not already on our mouse chat fan uh, community page or Facebook, go ahead and join us over there because uh, we have a lot of these photos and things we talked about already posted up there. Uh, so if you have questions, you can discuss them over there. Uh, if you're booking a vacation uh, or planning on going to well, any of the Disney theme parks or Adventures by Disney or anything like that, you can go to uh, Pixie Vacations and uh, have a Pixie help you plan your vacation. Uh, thanks for listening and join us next time on Mouse Chat.